0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 24th. You're listening to WNBF. Endicott police have arrested two men in connection with a shooting incident near Washington Avenue. Investigators said they are trying to identify three other people who were involved in the incident, which occurred shortly after 3 p.m. on January 14th. Authorities said 18-year-old Jaheim Howard of Endicott and 20-year-old Sincere Chandler of Syracuse have been charged with felony reckless endangerment. A person in the area of 21 Washington Avenue reported hearing about 10 gunshots that apparently were fired in a municipal parking lot between the building and Garfield Avenue. Those involved in the incident ran from the area before police officers reached the scene. No injuries were reported. Police did not say whether any of the shots struck vehicles or buildings. Investigators said Howard and Chandler were taken into custody a few hours later at 21 Washington Avenue. Police executed a search warrant in an apartment in the building. According to the department news release, officers found two handguns and other items related to the investigation. Howard and Chandler were arraigned and released on their own recognizance. Detectives are trying to determine who else was involved in the shooting incident. People with information or video related to it may contact Endicott Police at 607-785-3341. Three Democratic members of Binghamton City Council want an independent investigation into the actions of a police officer during a New Year's Day arrest. Angela Riley, Aviva Friedman, and Joe Burns gathered Monday afternoon at Hawley and State Streets near the site where Hamel Waddle was injured while being taken into police custody. Cell phone video appears to show police officer Brad Kaczynski nailing on Waddle's neck. Waddle was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Kaczynski was placed on desk duty while the police department investigates the incident. The three council members are calling on the city to hire an independent third party to investigate the police use of force incident that occurred around 3.20 a.m. on January 1st. According to the request for legislation, the action will allow for the most objective and transparent investigation of the matter. Speaking with reporters across the street from Binghamton Police Headquarters, Friedman said the goal is to assure city residents that there is no conflict of interest in the review. Reading from a prepared statement... Friedman said the Democratic members of city council are calling for Kaczynski to be suspended until an independent investigation has been completed. Mayor Jared Cram has said Kaczynski will remain on desk duty until the police department's review has been concluded. The Democrats' request for an independent investigation would need the support of one Republican council member to be approved. The New York State Attorney General's office has requested Binghamton's records of the incident and information related to a complaint filed by Waddle. Mayor Jared Cram on Monday announced a funding partnership with the Multi Craft Apprenticeship Preparation Program to open a construction trades training facility at 89 Robinson Street on Binghamton's east side. Mayor Cram stated this is a historic investment in workforce development. That will help fill in demand construction jobs in Binghamton and across our community. MAP will be providing ladders of opportunity to good-paying careers in the construction industry with the potential to create generational change for the residents who participate. As we rebuild and revitalize Binghamton, we have to invest in the construction workforce to support it. The City of Binghamton is providing $275,000 to fund MAP's purchase of an industrial building at 89 Robinson Street. The building had been home to Southern Tier Printer Supply, Inc., which bought and sold printing equipment equipment and parts. The business owner is retiring after more than 45 years. The first ever group of participants in the Binghamton MAP program will complete a build-out of the new location. Founded in Rochester in 2017, MAP is a nonprofit providing pathways to state-registered apprenticeships in the building and construction trades. Participants receive foundational construction training and real-world job site experience and are matched with apprenticeship programs best fitting their skill set. Map focuses on recruitment and training of individuals historically underrepresented in construction trades. A Broome County jury found Jason Gerhard, 36 of Montrose, Pennsylvania, guilty of felony criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. On the twenty second of February, twenty twenty two, the New York State police responded to a residence on Patch Road in the town of Shenango, where Gerhard had entered the residence of an acquaintance without permission. Gerhard was found in illegal possession of a twenty-two caliber revolver. The jury deliberated approximately five hours before finding Gerhard guilty. Gerhard, who was on probation for illegally possessing a loaded 38 caliber revolver in 2020, faces up to three and a half to seven years in New York State Prison, with the potential for additional time for a violation of probation. Gerhard is scheduled for sentencing on April 20th. Michael Korchak, Broom County District Attorney, said cases such as this can often end in tragedy. Thankfully, the New York State Police and the Broome County Sheriff's Office acted quickly in taking the defendant into custody, and no one was hurt. The Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to vigorously prosecute those who illegally possess firearms. Some audience members leaving a concert by Drake at a Manhattan theater came outside to see a New York Police Department officer filming those filing out. It's raising concerns from privacy advocates over what would be done with the footage. The NYPD said Monday the video of the concert attendees would only be used for a social media post, but there were still calls for the material to be deleted. Music writer John Karamancia of the New York Times posted on Twitter on Saturday a video showing an officer seemingly recording those coming out of the Apollo Theater. And lessons learned from the debt ceiling standoff more than a decade ago are rippling through Washington. Back in 2011, newly elected House Republicans were eager to confront the Democratic president and force spending cuts. When Republicans refused to raise the debt ceiling, the government risked a catastrophic default and suffered a devastating credit downgrade. Now the White House and Congress are bracing for another debt ceiling shutdown, one that appears headed toward a very similar outcome. The Treasury Department has notified Congress that it's time to again raise the nation's debt ceiling, now standing at $31 trillion, to allow more borrowing to pay off the country's accumulated bills. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton, today cloudy with a high near 36 Tonight, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 23 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow, snow showers before 4 p.m., then snow showers possibly mixed with rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow. Tomorrow night, rain and snow showers becoming all rain after 10 p.m., a low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 29 miles per hour, chance of rain 90%. And Thursday, rain and snow showers likely before 1 p.m., then a chance of snow showers. Cloudy with a high near 37 degrees, wind gusts as high as 28 miles per hour, 60% chance of rain Thursday night, slight chance of snow showers before 1 a.m. Cloudy with a low near 19 degrees, 20% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. (laughs)
0: Joseph Live on a Tuesday morning, January 24th, 2023. We're opening up the phone lines at 607 772 1290. Please share your thoughts with me and the entire world on News Radio, WNBF 921 FM 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. welcome you to another uh, lively edition of Bob Joseph Live. I guess it's always lively if it's done live and not pre-recorded, right? What about those shows that are pre-recorded or beamed in from who knows where? This is not one of them. It's beamed in from our spacious state-of-the-art studio in downtown Binghamton. And I am pleased to report that the state of the city is pretty much the same as it was 24 hours ago. So there, that's your state of the city message. What? That doesn't tell us much of anything. Oh, look, if you've been listening for any length of time, you know what the state of the city is. Just listen. <laughs> Listen to the program and and find out what's going on with our city and with Broome County. They put the newspaper in this sound effects material. That's what the sound effects people on old-time radio used. Listen, there's a fire. All right, let's see. So I'm looking at page one. Ooh, shelter pets, dogs. Uh, Okay, I'll buy extra copies. Pictures of dogs on the front page of the Press and Sun Bulletin. But the toughest question to ask, are these Binghamton dogs? This is the Binghamton Press and Sun Bulletin, so let me look. Hard luck shelter pets. Are they from Binghamton? Oh, the one on the right looks kind of like Daisy. Why some animals can't find a new family. Oh, it's from Allegheny County. Oh. Alright. Alright. Still compelling. If you put two <laughs> if you put two dogs on the front page of the newspaper, I'll buy it. I'm buying that paper. So thank you to those who decided to put those dogs on the front page. What else is uh, going on across the landscape that is WNBF land? Let's see. Oh, my gosh. Binghamton council members have called for an independent review of... um, the uh, the arrest that happened early this month in fact it happened just barely 3 hours into 2023 and we're still talking about it here on January 24th and we we spoke with uh, some of the council democrats actually we spoke with all three of them Hilda news conference near City Hall at the corner of State and Hawley Streets on Monday afternoon. So Angela Riley, Aviva Friedman, and Joe Burns called for an independent investigation into the actions of a police officer during the arrest of Hamel Waddell, who was injured. So that was a proposal put forward by Democrats on city council spoken with Mayor Cram about this proposed legislation?
2: I've not spoke to him about the proposed legislation, but we did talk about the process and our goals overall. So um, I'm waiting for him to return so we can have a very detailed discussion. Do
0: you think it's reasonable to expect him to support this, even though it's being proposed by the Democratic members of city council?
3: I mean, uh, Mayor Kram has touted bipartisanism and reaching across the aisle. And so just because something is proposed by Democrats doesn't mean that uh, it wouldn't benefit everyone in the city. Um, like, just like we uh, as Democrats have supported proposals that were initiated by the Republicans, we're hoping that. Everyone can see the common sense behind this and be willing to support our endeavor, even though it did not come from them.
0: All right, that was Aviva Friedman. Uh, Before that, you heard Angela Riley. Uh, Joe Burns was also there. So that's what the Democrats have called for. So that's what Democrats would like uh, in connection with the ongoing review of what happened at about 3.20 on New Year's Day, 3.20 a.m. So we haven't heard from the Republicans. Of course, Sophia Resiniti, she knows our number. She, In fact, she's probably listening. Good morning, Councilwoman Resiniti. Also, uh, Giovanni Scaringi, he knows our number. He actually likes coming on the program. Good morning, Councilman Scaringi. Also, uh, Philip Stron. He knows our number. Good morning, Mr. Stron. And, of course, also Councilman Scanlon. Good morning, Mr. Scanlon. And I wouldn't be surprised out of seven council members that uh, several could actually be listening to the program. I'm told that among lawmakers and other city officials that this is a popular broadcast. So all city officials are hereby invited (laughs) to call 607-772-1290. You may call, but please don't call all at once. We only have a limited number of phone lines, and we can't put you on the air at the same time because that would create... Broadcast chaos. But again, council members, Republicans, Democrats, um, city employees. This is a special invitation to all city employees. Disregard whatever directive you've been get, uh, given, the gag order. Disregard. Disregard. Remember, this is a free country. You Have free speech. The government is not allowed (laughs) to regulate your speech. So if you're a Binghamton City employee in any department, from a department head all the way down to uh, a new hire uh, under the uh, free speech rights you possess as an American citizen, you certainly are permitted to call into this program, in my opinion. You know, some, some people would beg to differ. No, you're a government employee. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to tell people what's going on. The people who pay for our government, our city, or town, or village, or county, or state, or federal governments, you're not allowed. That's the province of the appointed spinmeister. And we see how they spin. 921, this is Bob Joseph, unafraid to ask a few questions, knowing, of course, that in reality, for every 100 questions asked, perhaps only 7 will be answered directly. But that doesn't stop me from trying. As Kate Bush once said, don't give up. Tuesday morning, Bob Joseph live on News Radio, WNBF, 92 1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. 24 with Bob Joseph. We'll be taking your calls at 607-772-1290 in just a moment. First, though, it's time for a Tuesday preview from Karen Sweet O'Neill, KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Bob. How you doing?
0: Great. Great. Good. And, right. Got uh, a little
3: snow on the ground. Makes
0: yeah. it pretty. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, that my dogs, now they're national celebrities, because what happened, and I, it wasn't supposed to happen this way, but it's just the way it happened. Um, yesterday morning, before I left for work, I took a video of them out in the snow, because everybody likes to see dogs in the snow. That is correct. And my dogs for whatever reason. Yesterday, actually, I think they were acting instead of playing in the snow as they usually do. So they they gave the impression in my video that they were not amused by the snow. So I put that up on uh, Twitter yesterday morning. And I thought, well, that's, that's good. Some people around Binghamton will get a chuckle out of that, as they right. should. And then, um, before I know it, somebody from some news service contacted me and said, can we use that video? And I said, sure. What, what difference does it make to me? And uh, so they did. And so it wound up on some website in Australia. Really? Yeah, and elsewhere. Then I got you're contacted... Global. Yes. And then my I got a, a, a tweet from a guy who works at a, a TV station in Tampa. And he said... Give me more information. I saw the video of your dogs. Can you tell me a little bit more about them, their names and ages, because I'm going to use them on our morning show on Tuesday? And I said, well, that's okay. So I gave him some information. And then I have a friend who just arrived in Seattle, and as soon as he got to the hotel, he turned on the local news on a station called Fox 13 in Seattle. It's a local channel. And so yeah. at 4:50 Monday afternoon in Seattle my dog show up on his TV. <laughs> and he's looking up. He he heard the story. He he had seen the tweet and then he heard the the weather person telling a story about and hey, snow in upstate New York and look at these dogs. And so he quick got his phone out and he took a snapshot of the TV newscast, Fox 13 in Seattle, and there are my dogs looking totally annoyed. And the lower third, where they put the graphic, it says, dogs in upstate New York appear displeased with snow. (laughs) (laughs) So, my dogs are probably uh, on, even this morning, probably on a few other stations, because that thing, that little Twitter video got picked up by, by someone who Apparently was bored out of his mind yesterday, but that's that's just what happens. And then they also like the video that I did a little bit later yesterday morning of the beautiful snow in, in Rec Park over on the west side. So that wound up on on a, a few websites and a few TV stations as well. So you just never know in this day and age. You know?
3: Oh, wow, that's fun.
0: Of course, now my dogs are, are looking for royalties, and I, I have to explain to them that I gave... I gave that news service the right to use the video with no compensation because I didn't think they would actually use it, and they, they did. Now the dogs are expecting big payments and lots of treats. So Your
3: dog need a manager. That
0: yeah, like. well, that's what I'm going to say. They're going to get an agent, and then, you know, <laughs> I won't be able to deal directly with them. I'll get get a, a, right. a notice you know served on me today that all future dealings with daisy and audrey will be handled through their high powered legal team so oh well it was it was fun when i had a direct relationship with them hopefully we'll be able to hammer out a, an agreement that will be acceptable to all
3: Oh, I hope so.
0: So, yeah. anyway, um, that's my story. Now, tell me about what uh, you will be discussing when you join us tomorrow morning at about this time.
3: Well, I'm going to talk about a couple different things. We had in the um, in the paper a couple of weeks ago, you know, a checklist of what to do when a loved one dies and can I change my Medicare coverage, and I'm going to kind of mix these two different scenarios and give some information to the listeners because, you know, if if someone passes in your family and you're responsible for the end uh, paperwork and everything else that goes along with that and trying to determine, you know, where the deed to the home is, did they work with an attorney yes. who was the attorney, did they have a will, I mean, it is quite complex and it's very uh, stressful, very stressful if you're, not sure where all of those important papers are and where the people that they worked with are located. So just a little checklist of what you should be doing for the people that are going to, you know, help your estate or help even a spouse in, on your behalf locate all of these important papers so that nothing, you know, nothing goes through the cracks. There's no um, falls through the cracks, I should say, you know, no outstanding bank accounts, Um, what about, you know, your financial papers, What, what kind of an advisor did you do it yourself, and all of these sorts of things. And then we're going to also talk about, can I change my Medicare coverage? Because as we all know, from October 15th to December 7th, that's the open enrollment period for people on Medicare to choose their options for January 1st for the whole year on their medical coverage. Well, what happens if you don't like it? And you say, you know what, I wish I never signed up for this plan, I want to get out of it, I, I don't want to wait until October 15th I wonder what I can do. Well, there are some things you can do from January 1st through March 31st, and there's rules and regulations, of course, that go along with that, but certainly something that, you know, is an option for you in most cases. So I'm going to talk about both those things.
0: All right. Well, I'll be here looking forward to it and taking copious notes. If people want to get in touch with you today, how can they do that?
3: They can call our office. We are at 607-772-4898. They can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, or they can simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages.
0: Karen Sweet O'Neill, KSO Insurance Solutions, will speak with you tomorrow morning.
2: Very good. Thanks, Bob.
0: Thank you. It's 932. This is Bob Joseph, live on News Radio, WNBF, one FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Hi, folks. It's nine thirty-four at WNBF with Bob Joseph doing the best I can to serve the community. Imperfectly, of course, but ah, that's the way it is. As, as somebody, uh, Walter Cronkite, I think, once said, "Nobody, nobody, nobody is ever happy, no matter what you do." Anyway, such is the story of uh, journalism, and I guess if if you want. <laughs> You want to be popular you go on uh, a reality show but this is the the news and that's what we do uh, we're joined now by councilwoman angela riley good morning good morning bob
2: and good morning to all of your listeners
0: hey thanks for joining us uh, we uh, spoke briefly during uh, a rather uh chilly news conference uh, you and your uh, democratic colleagues on city council Uh, gathered on Monday afternoon near City Hall, across the street from City Hall, to talk about what happened on January 1st involving what now has become a highly publicized arrest and uh, the actions of city police. Tell us where things stand. We've been reporting that you and your uh, colleagues, the Democrats, have uh, asked for an independent investigation. Will that happen?
2: Well, my hope is that we will be able to proceed with our request. As you know, we submitted an RL or um, legislation to be discussed by council so that we can show our constituents, show the families involved, that we are actively pursuing justice and not standing by idly.
0: So I know... When we were speaking with you, I and and the other reporters who who uh, gathered to hear about your your thoughts on what has happened since January 1st, we were very curious if you would find any immediate support from even one Republican member of city council. There are four Republicans and three Democrats, and ultimately for this proposal by the Democratic council members to go forward you would need the support of one of the Republicans. Do you think eventually one Republican would be willing to support this?
2: Well, that's a good question, Bob. My thought is, especially after our conversation at council last night, some of the, again, I can only speak to the, the council members that were there uh, and their responses. They want to do what's right. Um, they're following the guidance of the mayor, which is their party leader, elected leader at the time, who has also been quoted in the paper saying that there is no Republican that will support this. So um, we're hoping that, again, their understanding of our request and their desire to do and serve may supersede party alignment, if that makes sense. Um, There are questions about why we want an independent investigation. Let me first say that we unequivocally support the steps of the Attorney General. You know, let me tell you, I'm Tish James, is one of her biggest fans. I say fangirls, and you've seen pictures of us. On um, social media, what have you? And she's done a lot for the state, and, and for Binghamton particularly. And we know that they are the highest court in the land, definitely. But if you look at the legislation, we are looking for someone to dig a little further. Not only well prioritizing this event, which is the reason why why we we launched the request, but to really root out the causes of evil that continue to have our Police department in the headline, right? This is not the first issue. Um, we know there have been others. Even the Finn Institute reported horrible statistics regarding the over policing of subsets of the community. And we paid the Finn Institute. So in our, if you remember back in um, 2020, we had the Executive Order 203, where we were supposed to reimagine police, uh, the Police Reform and Reinvention Collaborative. And in the document, Under the leadership of then uh, Mayor David, it said that there will be a regular audit of arrest, use of force, and stop data. A regular audit. When will that begin? Who's in charge? Who's going to initiate it? So not only will this independent investigation focus on the um, use of force event, but then it will be able to pull the data, look at the standard operations and determine what what needs to be done to prevent anything like this from happening again.
0: Well, I'm looking now at WBNG's website. Apparently, Mayor Cram told 12 News, I view it as a moot point. This is the, regarding the the call for an independent investigation. He said, and I find this interesting because again, Jared Cram has never been a member of city council. He's, he's worked on the fourth floor. He worked on the fourth floor with Mayor David for eight years and now he's been mayor of Binghamton for nearly 13 months. He's never been a member of city council. So he says to 12 News, there's not going to be support on city council to get something like that passed. Is, is he now the, is he a public information officer for city council? <laughs>
2: Hello, Bob.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, how, I'm asking you. He doesn't come on the program, so I have to ask you. Did city council uh, now name Mayor Cram to be the council spokesperson? He's the voice of a
4: subset
2: of council, obviously. So, But why? <laughs>
0: Angela Riley, please help me here. Help me to understand why a mayor is representing that there's not going to be support on city council. You would think the mayor would say I'll be interested to see if any Republicans go along with this democratic request, but he told 12 News on their we- well it's on their website. I I think they they caught up with him because he is willing to speak with them. He doesn't come on this program, which one can only <laughs> one can only wonder why, because his predecessors always came on. But he said, "quote There's not going to be support on city council to get something like that passed." I mean, how would he
2: know? That's my point, and that's my question. He, he and as I mentioned, it was it's been quoted, and then he, you know, as I've always shared, I've always been transparent. I've always shared my thoughts publicly. There's a process, you know, this this legislative process is a system of checks and balances. But if you already know how the cards will be played, then it's an unfair game. So um, I guess the edict has been shared and we will see, hopefully not, we will see though if people in the Republican Party understand what we're requesting and, and really have an in-depth Discussion about the pros and cons of um, an external investigator, and and that's all we were asking for. Let's have a discussion. At the least, say that this should not have happened, and it will not happen. Say something so that residents in this community know that they can live, work, thrive, and and move throughout the city without fear of certain tactics being used. And, and listen, since this happened, I have received so many emails, texts from people that want to remain anonymous because again, they're afraid about this just happened to get caught on camera. There's some back corners um, and, and they've given me descriptions of where these things happen, where it has been worse, but because it's a dark corner, It never, um, the information is never released. So, again, when people feel they've been treated unjustly, they want a representative to speak on their behalf. And that's what we were elected to do. Now, I don't agree with everything that happens in council, outside of council, but if it benefits the community and my constituents as a whole, I sit and think about it. I remember when we were working on the golf course, and I felt like that was the worst investment ever. However, uh, one of my constituents that lives a few blocks over is a golfer, is an avid golfer, and and said to me, Angela, listen, if we can do this, this is how it will affect not only our community, our economic status, But think about the golfers that would love to spend time and spend money in their own community. I mean, he he sat me down and explained it, and that's what it takes. We have to have people that are willing to listen, representatives with a vote, to listen to really understand what is important to our constituents and then act on their behalf. And I I changed my vote in support of the golf course. And I intend to go visit, and once we have the restaurant and things up, have a have a meal. So again, I said all of that to say we represent the people, but we can't only represent a subset of the people. We have to hear them, think through the process, look at exemplars, models that have worked or have not worked in other municipalities, and take it for a discussion. But if I, in my taking it. To the council for discussion it's like talking to a wall because the edict has already been proclaimed that people will not listen and nor vote um in favor of the proposal or legislation then it's really difficult it's really tough and 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 that means we're not um exercising our powers as a, a branch of of the legislative body
0: speaking with binghamton city councilwoman Angela Riley, at the last business meeting, the um, situation in the what became, a, I believe, more than a two-hour public comment period was was very unusual. Describe what happened two weeks ago at, at the business meeting. Uh, a couple of public hearings that had been scheduled were put off, and because there was a crowd that wanted to talk about what happened January 1st downtown, the public comment... Uh, portion of the meeting began right away, but uh, it was a highly unusual public comment session. I don't believe I've ever seen anything quite like that in Binghamton.
2: Right. I, I, um, I, uh, so again, what I tell everyone the social justice wheel has many cogs, right? And when people are frustrated, the and they feel as if they're not being heard and um, they want to be heard they utilize different strategies now again is that my preferred method no because i can call certain people within city count city hall or in another town to kind of walk things through but Was it shocking? Absolutely. Was it long? Absolutely. But were there stories that were told that made me rethink the situation at hand? Oh, absolutely. And the problem is, as I've shared with you before, being the only person of color on council, I hear how people feel in the city. And I live many of their experiences. So when I'm on council and I ask the mayor to not host a press conference, particularly in my district without inviting me or giving us a warning, or if I talk to council and I say, let us talk about this, or at least make sure everyone on council receives the same email, and those requests are ignored, it's not the same as some of the things we heard about the injustice um, experienced by others. But here I am, an elected official, and I'm still treated unfairly.
0: So, Well, I can sense your frustration. Now, given what transpired, because for people who didn't see, who weren't there or didn't see it uh, online, I mean, it devolved into uh, a situation where where people were using very strong language, language we couldn't broadcast on this program. And as you indicated, probably not unexpected because of the emotional nature of of their concerns, but also uh, even the basic rules as far as people identifying themselves before they spoke and addressing their comments to council members and not to everyone else. And uh, even something as simple as don't touch the equipment. Don't play with microphones or whatever just basic things were not adhered to and it it, to me i uh, i felt badly for everybody concerned council members because i didn't believe the way things went was respectful of council members but even the people in attendance because it was not it was not conducted according to the rules i'm looking at the rules that are posted on online the rules are pretty simple but there are several and and things things quickly got out of hand. Now, for tomorrow night's work or a business meeting, will there be a different approach to the public comment period?
2: Not that I am aware of, again, because if we shift from the rules, so again, um, Bill Strong who's in the seat as the uh, deputy um, council president in um, Councilman Scaringi's absence. And it is a difficult seat when things aren't flowing as one hopes. Um, it was a difficult meeting. It was a very difficult meeting. And we've had several difficult meetings. Um, in, in terms of Wednesday, I think the goal is still conduct business as specified in the rules. And be able to hear the community that comes to provide comment. Because that's what public comment is for, to hear the voice of our constituents.
0: Councilwoman Angela Riley, I appreciate your time. And I renew my invitation to all council members, Democrats and Republicans. um, Sophia Resonetti, Giovanni Scaringi. Uh Uh-oh, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Councilwoman Riley? Can you still hear me? Oh yes. Okay, so I, I'm renewing my invitation to all the council members, including Giovanni Scirinci, Sophia Rizzinetti, uh Philip Strawn, Thomas Scanlon, Joe Burns, Aviva Friedman. Everybody is allowed to come into the or call into this program. You know that. Oh,
2: absolutely. And and, and, and this thing, the thing came. I think. Um, we I mean, talked about the councilman rotating.
0: Yeah, we well, I I think because every, at one time or another, every council member has been on this program. So maybe not in the studio, maybe during COVID they called in, but they know how to get hold of the program. So my my hope is that not only you but your colleagues on city council and even mayor cram will come on the program not just to talk about this issue to talk about all city issues i think i think having an ongoing dialogue is constructive to everybody in Binghamton.
2: absolutely i agree although as long as you vow to never take another picture and post it i might bring you
0: like i say when it comes to pictures i know if if I, if I was a professional photographer and if they would pay for a, a decent camera, you know, things would, things would be so much better. But, you know, given the no, realities of, of the media in 2023, I'm forced to use my, my cheap phone, the best I can afford. So, you know, but.
2: Oh, wow. Don't say it like that. I mean, I think it was the, the picture you chose, you took several but it's okay just as long as no one looks at that (laughs) twitter
0: post i'll stop anyway no it's always a pleasure i'm glad that you come on the program and i i fully expect that eventually all of your colleagues will will be on the program to talk about all city issues that's what we're here for Uh, keep me posted
2: i will do that thank you so much bob and thank you to the listeners have a
0: great day council member angela riley who represents binghamton's third district it's 953 this is bob joseph always with a few questions on wnbf for Joseph News Radio WNBF serving the public because as they say Bob Joseph on your side if nobody else is on your side at least one person is and actually one person one person in the world today will answer your call so that's something. Here's the forecast today. Cloudy, a slight chance of snow showers this afternoon, 36. Cloudy tonight, 23. Tomorrow, snow heavy at times, 35. And Thursday, some rain and snow showers. And a high on Thursday, 36. Right now, in downtown Binghamton, it's 31. At News Radio, Bob Joseph, WNBF, one FM, 1290 AM. And streaming at WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 24th. You're listening to WNBF. Endicott police have arrested two men in connection with a shooting incident near Washington Avenue. Investigators said they are trying to identify three other people who were involved in the incident, which occurred shortly after 3 p.m. on January 14th. Authorities said 18-year-old Jahim Howard of Endicott and 20-year-old Sincere Chandler of Syracuse have been charged with felony reckless endangerment. A person in the area of 21 Washington Avenue reported hearing about 10 gunshots that apparently were fired in a municipal parking lot between the building and Garfield Avenue. Those involved in the incident ran from the area before police officers reached the scene. No injuries were reported. Police did not say whether any of the shots struck vehicles or buildings. Investigators said Howard and Chandler were taken into custody a few hours later at 21 Washington Avenue. Police executed a search warrant in an apartment in the building. According to the department news release, officers found two handguns and other items related to the investigation. Howard and Chandler were arraigned and released on their own recognizance. Detectives are trying to determine who else was involved in the shooting incident. People with information or video related to it may contact Endicott Police at 607-785-3341. Three Democratic members of Binghamton City Council want an independent investigation into the actions of a police officer during a New Year's Day arrest. Angela Riley, Aviva Friedman, and Joe Burns gathered Monday afternoon at Hawley and State Streets near the site where Hamel Waddle was injured while being taken into police custody. Cell phone video appears to show police officer Brad Kaczynski nailing on Waddle's neck. Waddle was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Kaczynski was placed on desk duty while the police department investigates the incident. The three council members are calling on the city to hire an independent third party to investigate the police use of force incident that occurred around 3.20 a.m. on January 1st. According to the request for legislation, the action will allow for the most objective and transparent investigation of the matter. Speaking with reporters across the street from Binghamton Police Headquarters, Friedman said the goal is to assure city residents that there is no conflict of interest in the review. Reading from a prepared statement, Friedman said the Democratic members of city council are calling for Kaczynski to be suspended until an independent investigation has been completed. Mayor Jared Cram has said Kaczynski will remain on desk duty until the police department's review has been concluded. The Democrats' request for an independent investigation would need the support of one Republican council member to be approved. The New York State Attorney General's office has requested Binghamton's records of the incident and information related to a complaint filed by Waddle. Mayor Jared Cram on Monday announced a funding partnership with the Multicraft Apprenticeship Preparation Program to open a construction trades training facility at 89 Robinson Street on Binghamton's east side. Mayor Cram stated this is a historic investment in workforce development. That will help fill in demand construction jobs in Binghamton and across our community. MAP will be providing ladders of opportunity to good-paying careers in the construction industry with the potential to create generational change for the residents who participate. As we rebuild and revitalize Binghamton, we have to invest in the construction workforce to support it. The City of Binghamton is providing $275,000 to fund MAP's purchase of an industrial building at 89 Robinson Street. The building had been home to Southern Tier Printer Supply, Inc., which bought and sold printing equipment. Equipment and parts. The business owner is retiring after more than 45 years. The first ever group of participants in the Binghamton MAP program will complete a build-out of the new location. Founded in Rochester in 2017, MAP is a nonprofit providing pathways to state registered apprenticeships in the building and construction trades. Participants receive foundational construction training and real-world job site experience and are matched with apprenticeship programs best fitting their skill set. Map focuses on recruitment and training of individuals historically underrepresented in construction trades. A Broome County jury found Jason Gerhard, thirty-six of Montrose, Pennsylvania, guilty of felony criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. On the twenty second of February, twenty twenty two, the New York State police responded to a residence on Patch Road in the town of Shenango, where Gerhard had entered the residence of an acquaintance without permission. Gerhard was found in illegal possession of a twenty-two caliber revolver. The jury deliberated approximately five hours before finding Gerhard guilty. Gerhard, who was on probation for illegally possessing a loaded 38 caliber revolver in 2020, faces up to three and a half to seven years in New York State Prison, with the potential for additional time for a violation of probation. Gerhard is scheduled for sentencing on April 20th. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said cases such as this can often end in tragedy. Thankfully, the New York State Police and the Broome County Sheriff's Office acted quickly in taking the defendant into custody, and no one was hurt. The Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to vigorously prosecute those who illegally possess firearms. Some audience members leaving a concert by Drake at a Manhattan theater came outside to see a New York Police Department officer filming those filing out. It's raising concerns from privacy advocates over what would be done with the footage. The NYPD said Monday the video of the concert attendees would only be used for a social media post, but there were still calls for the material to be deleted. Music writer John Karamancia of the New York Times posted on Twitter on Saturday a video showing an officer seemingly recording those coming out of the Apollo Theater. And lessons learned from the debt ceiling standoff more than a decade ago are rippling through Washington. Back in 2011, newly elected House Republicans were eager to confront the Democratic president and force spending cuts. When Republicans refused to raise the debt ceiling, the government risked a catastrophic default and suffered a devastating credit downgrade. Now the White House and Congress are bracing for another debt ceiling shutdown, one that appears headed toward a very similar outcome. The Treasury Department has notified Congress that it's time to again raise the nation's debt ceiling, now standing at $31 trillion, to allow more borrowing to pay off the country's accumulated bills. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton, today cloudy with a high near 36 Tonight, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 23 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow, snow showers before 4 p.m., then snow showers possibly mixed with rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow. Tomorrow night, rain and snow showers becoming all rain after 10 p.m., a low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 29 miles per hour, chance of rain 90%. And Thursday, rain and snow showers likely before 1 p.m., then a chance of snow showers. Cloudy with a high near 37 degrees, wind gusts as high as 28 miles per hour, 60% chance of rain. Thursday night, slight chance of snow showers before 1 a.m. Cloudy with a low near 19 degrees, 20% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. (laughs)
0: Bob Joseph live on a Tuesday morning from News Radio WNBF in beautiful downtown Binghamton. You're listening to 92. one FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Coming up this hour on WNBF, we will be taking calls from people just like you. So don't forget our number, 607-772-1290. We'll be talking about local issues, state issues, national issues, and maybe global issues. Maybe. So, stay tuned. A lot will be happening over the next couple of hours. Glad to have you with us every weekday morning, right here on News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com. We're joined now by Jim Dayton, who is the chair of the Energy Subcommittee of um, the Libertarian Party's. Legislative Affairs Division, Libertarian Party of New York. Jim Dayton joins us now from the Rochester area. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Good to be on with you.
0: Well, it's great to have you on the program. Tell us uh, about the weather in Rochester. I guess today is sort of uh, the calm before the next storm.
5: Yes. Yep, there's been a lot of calm this year. I can't complain too much. So.
0: Yeah, we've been lucky. We've been lo- lucky for the most part here in uh, central New York and the southern tier in the Rochester area. And people in Buffalo, of course, uh, have been treated to a different type of winter, and it's been been very difficult for them. But for most of upstate New York, we've we've been uh, relatively unscathed up to this point. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. Uh, You're on the program today to talk a little bit about about New York State's energy policy. And it's, it's interesting to me how much is happening on this front in Albany. It seems to me that for many years, governors and the state legislature really weren't doing that much when it came to energy. Now, I would say a lot is happening. Many things are happening on many fronts when it comes to energy. And uh, I know you and certainly many of our listeners are, are concerned about what's going to be happening over the next several years in terms of state policy. What are some of the concerns that the state's Libertarian Party has when it comes to energy?
5: Yeah, well, like, like you said, um, they hadn't been doing very much in the years prior and that's a good thing to us in the in the libertarian party as far as things go for the most part. Now with them trying to rush through um, all these big plans and um, <clears throat> you know the banning of gas appliances and uh, stuff like that and trying to get everybody to convert over to electric that's a that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow A couple of things that that I've come across in different articles uh, reading up on these things, um, I believe it was in uh, Consumer Reports, they estimated that each home in New York, to convert all of their appliances from natural gas to electric and, you know, other fossil fuels, for that matter, to electric, looking at an average cost of about $27,000 per home, um, now this all has to happen by 2030. I don't know a whole lot of people in my area that can come up with $27,000 in, in a little over five years' time. <clears throat> um, obviously there will be a good handful that can, but uh, I think a lot of this policy is going to hurt our, our less fortunate, the, um, the poorer people, um, you know, middle class stuff of that nature. And uh, one of our big philosophies is just don't hurt people and don't take our stuff. And I think these policies are going to do both of those things.
0: Well, that seems fairly typical, though, of New York State government. Even when you look at at other matters, things completely separate from energy policy, it seems that a lot of times uh, those in charge in Albany have uh, their own thoughts and sometimes an agenda that... It appears different from the agenda of most New Yorkers, the people they're elected to represent.
5: Right. Absolutely. Um, And it's not just Albany. I mean, we're getting it from the federal level as well. Um, The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, um, they they're pushing many states right now to go after the ROFR, which is the right of first refusal. For power companies, um, pretty much to keep um, keep the big companies going in each state, and they have a right to refuse any proposals of third party um, contractors and stuff like that. Smaller energy companies from working on these transmission lines, to because we're they're they're all going to need uh, some serious upgrades in order to get this green policy to to do what they want it to do. So, you know, they're almost restricting themselves. Well, the federal government is trying to restrict the states from having more help to get these jobs done in this big initiative that they've got.
0: So going forward, what, what can New Yorkers do? And also, what can... Uh, say members of the libertarian party do to either stop the trend or slow it down with uh, albany now totally controlled by democrats primarily downstate democrats who lead the legislature of course governor hochel is a governor from upstate new york from western new york but she does seem to be getting a lot of her support, including a lot of her financial support from downstate interests and traditional uh, Democratic interests. What what do you think can be done to at least get a fair hearing for the the concerns that you're expressing today?
5: Well, what we've got to do, we've got to get um, more people to um, contact our uh, legislators um, and stuff like that, the New York State legislator, whoever your uh, your um, person is to get, get a hold of in um, the legislator, email them, call them, tell them, you know, you, you like your gas stove, um, we don't have $27,000 a household to uh, make this happen in the next uh, seven years, you know. Bring it down to uh, a logical level with them to where this is just not realistic. It's a great, you know, it's it's fine with me. If people want to go electric with everything, great. Go ahead. Do your thing. But don't force it on the industry. That's just, uh, that's bad policy.
0: Although some environmentalists will say, well, if it's left just up to uh, the free will of people and the free market, it could take a very long time to transition at a time that the state and the nation can't afford to, to dawdle as as there's a, a perceived need um, in the scientific community to um, wean ourselves off these um, these energy sources that are, are causing so much uh, pollution around the world they they believe time is of the essence
5: and i and i hear that argument but i would come back with you know good ideas require convincing not force there's no good ideas out there that require force you can convince somebody that this way is better than your previous way without changing their lives overnight or forcing something down their throat
0: are there other aspects of the state energy policy that you and the state libertarian party are are concerned about and and want to focus on during 2023
5: well we've got all these uh massive solar projects and you know wind projects that they want to put up all over the place the thing is they don't generate the energy that we need. We we're still going to need those coal plants, nuclear plants, stuff like that. Nuclear is definitely the best way to go, in my opinion, at least. Um, and what's going to happen when, they, say, they get their solar arrays up? Say, okay, um, we don't have quite enough to shut down this coal plant yet. We need more solar arrays. There's this property over here. Let's use eminent domain to take this property and put up another massive solar array so that we can close down this other plant. Well, and, eminent domain is terrible as well.
0: Well, and we've seen we've seen eminent domain used in in many parts of the state. Not it's not done all the time, but it still is is something the state Resorts to uh, ostensibly the whole point of eminent domain is ultimately uh, under the theory that it's for the greater good, but that that certainly it doesn't doesn't play well with the the individuals. I mean, whether it's individual property owners or businesses that are affected when when their property is taken by by the state government,
5: right? And that not just the individual or the individual businesses either. It can I mean, it can decimate an, an entire town, you know. Um, there's resource farming areas and stuff like that where people go to their corner stands. And uh, believe it or not, New York is an old city. <laughs> um, oh,
0: no, that's um, the truth. That, I rural. mean, you you know that and I know that. But I, I sometimes think that... Uh, um, too many people, say, in the state legislature, are, are not that familiar with the reality of the totality of New York State, that, that much of upstate is still devoted to agriculture.
5: Yes, uh, a huge swath of it is. And, uh, you know, New York, to me, is probably one of the most beautiful states, and for us to just uh, start putting big black patches on big, huge amounts of acreage, um, that's going to take away from the beauty of the state that you've got.
0: If uh, our listeners want more information about the Libertarian Party of New York, is there a way they can obtain that?
5: Yeah, they can look us up online, um, lpny.org, um, Libertarian Party of New York. We're on, uh, Facebook. There's Twitter. Um, yeah, you can check us out. We've got, um, contact lists so you can get in contact with your local area, uh, Libertarian party. Um, we're, we're the third fastest. Well, we are the fastest growing party in the United States and we're the third biggest party in the United States. So. Um, we we're fairly we can be fairly neutral with both sides of the aisle.'re willing to work with them. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, not forcing anything down anybody's throat.
0: <laughs> Jim Dayton, Chair of the Energy Subcommittee with the Libertarian Party of New York. I appreciate your time and thank you for joining us from the Rochester area.
5: You got it, Bob. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. This is WNBF Live with Bob Joseph on a Tuesday morning. Now we turn the program over to you. If you have thoughts about New York's energy policy or thoughts about independent investigations of Binghamton police activities or anything else, almost anything else. Yes, you can talk about state government, you can talk about federal government, and you can even talk about what's going on in France. 607-772-1290 is the number. Our email address is bob at wnbf.com. NBF Live at 1027, this is Bob Joseph going to the town of Vestal, celebrating its 200th anniversary. Good morning, Dave. You're on the air.
6: Yes, good morning, Bob. You, you know, it's it's hard to say anything around me without me uh, relating a song to it. I mean, it's just it's a habit I have. But anyways, Bob, you know, the reason why I was calling is... Uh, I want to see what you think about my assessment of the classified document saga. Uh, first of all, we know the documents, uh, or the Democrats, no, not the documents, the Democrats, they'll, they'll bend over backwards, Bob, to protect their own, you know, with cover-ups, lies, whatever. So, so when you see them so willing to give, uh, the perception that they will, uh, hold Biden to account, uh, it, it's so fake and obvious, Bob. What they're up to—they they plan on indicting Trump. This is mine. They're That's not. The well, b- by
0: the way, between you and me, confidentially, don't tell anyone. Yeah. They don't yeah. intend to indict Donald Trump. They don't well, intend. They may, they may give the appearance, and they may huff and puff, and make all sorts of indications that we would like to indict Donald Trump. Maybe they do. Uh, or maybe they would like to, but between you and me, Democrats are not... No one is going to indict Donald Trump for anything. That is...
6: That's the reality. Okay, well, hopefully that's true, Bob, because otherwise they can start picking... They can start printing up riot tickets. Print up that and that's thing. one
0: of the reasons, by the way. <laughs> that's exactly one of the reasons. You, you know, there is no Democrat... That is willing to put gasoline on the fire. They saw January sixth. January sixth helped to illustrate to more than a few people that you you deal with Donald Trump and his legions of fans. You you be careful because it's a powder keg. It really is. I mean, not not in the Sean Hannity sense that it's literally a, a powder keg. It's figuratively a powder keg, and. There will be no indictment because the in that case, all bets are off. All bets are off. Trump won't be charged even with a speeding ticket. Even if he jaywalks in front of Mar-a-Lago in front of 10 cops with video cameras, they're not going to write him up for anything. He could even go to Fifth Avenue and take a dump. They're not going to indict him.
6: Well, anyways, Bob, they're, they're making it look like they really, really care about what Biden's done, and, and they and they really don't, Bob. They just they know they can't indict him ever because he's a sitting president, and uh, and this is a way of sending him out to pasture. I believe it's all a devious plan. I, I believe oh, it.
0: I, I said before they don't need a devious plan. He's not going to run for a second term. Even his wife knows it. Doctor Biden, Doctor Jill Biden, knows that. Joe will not run for a second term. But as I've said before, it would be not appropriate for him to announce it at this stage of the game to ensure his you know, complete lame duck hood.
6: How do you know he's not, though, Bob? Are you a mouse in his house? I mean, that's... Gosh. How do you know? No, gosh. That's another thing
0: we have to worry about. Those those Russian mice in his house who are, you know, trained to take pictures using high-tech cameras of all the confidential documents. Yes, he probably does have a few mice in his house, in his garage, you know, probably hanging out in the exhaust system of his Corvette.
6: Well, the timing—if you look at the timing, too, Bob—I uh, think they were afraid that he was going to announce uh, that
0: no. he was going to run. No, no, no no. So? no, 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 you no, no, so? no, 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 no. Look, if everything—here's the reality: if everything with the Biden presidency was firing on all cylinders, if gas prices were a dollar fifty a gallon, if inflation was back to two percent a year, if everybody in the United States, generally believed him to be doing a good job, then he might seek a second term. But say what you will, he reads the papers, unlike the former governor of Alaska, he actually reads the papers, he sees what people are saying about him, and he knows he would stand no chance against any Republican candidate with a body temperature above 96
6: Speaking of anybody having a chance, Bob, does anybody in the Republican Party have a chance of winning a primary over Trump? Do you think?
0: It won't be easy. Does somebody have a chance? Yes. But will it be easy? No. It it will be that's the thing I am most looking forward to is the twenty twenty four presidential derby among Republicans, because we can count on Trump to make my life heavenly every day with with more and more <laughs> Wild and wacky pronouncements. Also, since, by the way, did you see he's he's already maneuvering to get back on Twitter and Facebook. That's your first indication that the guy, he's, he's going to run from his happy social, whatever it is, uh, uh, truth social. He's turning that over to George Santos. And then, um, although they're rebranding called uh, Big Lie Social, BLS. And, uh, well, that'll give George Santos something to do after he's kicked out of the house by his parents. Anyway, the, the bottom line is Trump is beatable by a, a, a decent Republican candidate, but under no circumstances will it be a cakewalk. It, but it'll be fun. Trust me. Trust me. It will be the most fun we've had in more than two and a half years from a talk show standpoint. I'm Bob Joseph live. We'll take more calls at 607-772-1290. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app.
6: News Radio
0: WNBF live at ten thirty five. We go back to the phones. Ron in Binghamton, you're on.
7: Good morning, Bob. Say, hey, I was driving uh, a little earlier. I I only heard a portion of your interview with um, Angela Riley of of the City Council, and uh, do I do know that. Right now, there are four Republicans and three Democrats, and the Democrats are looking for an independent investigation of the incident that took place. Uh, and and I, was just, I was just mulling over myself, and I, I have this thought. You know, I had a professor years ago who said, we have too many answers. What we don't have is enough good questions. So I have a question. It's it's general, but maybe it pertains in some way to our town. Uh, right now we have a Republican administration, and it looks as though possibly the Republican administration and the Republicans who hold sway on the council are not uh, ready to dive in uh, on uh, you know over looking over the shoulder of every police action that takes place was a neck involved was a, you know uh st- you know i guess we have to outlaw anything to do with the neck now uh i'm not for anyone putting their knee on the neck and restricting the flow of uh, air to a person i'm i'm not for that at all but occasionally in a scuffle or whatever there may be uh uh, a knee on the neck, uh, however long that is, whatever, however grave that is. Uh, but you've got the Democrats seem to jump up and be, well, not too warm for police action. Uh, I wanted, so I, I looked something up and I just want to relate this question. I looked up the largest cities in the United States by population. New York, for example, being number one. The top 10 cities in the United States by population all have one thing in common. They are all run by Democrats. There's a Democrat administration in the top 10 populated cities in the United States. When you think in terms of crime in the last couple of years, how's that been working out? That's my
0: question. Okay. We'll throw it out to the listeners. Yeah.
7: Good.
0: Yes. Thanks, Bob. It's 1039. 1039. What do you think? 607-772-1290 is our number. We want to know what you think on News Radio WNBF. It's the place that allows people to express their thoughts. So do so. We appreciate it. By the way, I don't mention this as often as I should, but do know uh, if you have a news tip, if you know of something going on that the rest of Binghamton needs to know about, by all means, contact me at once. Bob at WNBF.com. There is a conspiracy... That seems to be growing to suppress information, not just in Binghamton, but across the nation. And the only way it can be fought is with the people, the people. When you see something, say something. When you see something, send an email instantly to Bob at WNBF.com. Give as many details as you are able to. Provide specifics, if possible, Also, your phone number would be useful, so I can follow up with you. Again, a growing conspiracy to suppress information that should be in the public domain. And the public, the public needs to work, along with members of the media, to get the information out. Because the people in power do not want the information out on a timely basis. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: My name is Matthew Ryan. Matthew and T.
0: I'm Ryan. The T stands for terrific. <laughs> just like Tom Seaver.
8: Tiberius. Is some, yeah, yes, um, the, is according
0: to the Internet. What's on your mind?
8: Right. Uh, just uh, the previous call, around about, all these large cities being run by Democrats, how has that worked out? Well, first of all, we had, uh, I think it was in the Oklahoma um, uh, race out there for Senate, Uh, the the Democrat candidate made a contention that um, Oklahoma, the cities in, I forget which city in Oklahoma, had a higher per capita violent crime rate than New York City and uh she was laughed at uh, by the by the uh, opposing candidate I, I I mentioned this before I had the names before but I haven't memorized them but the fact is um, it's everybody knows that when you have larger cities you have more usually have more poverty because especially since cities haven't uh, have and the country as a whole hasn't kept up with Affordable housing for anybody and if you want to blame that on Democrats I don't think that's true uh, Democrats are always trying to get more money for affordable housing uh, it's quite frankly the Republicans who have allowed all the uh, market market rate housing the, the and the uh, rent control housing to be sold and especially even in New York City and things that affect our city uh, to people who uh, have a lot of money there used to be a lot of rent control properties in New York City and most of them have disappeared uh a great amount of them and those people are the ones that move to our city because they can't afford to live in a big city anymore so you have so what you have you have the have and have nots just like our whole society has you have all these people who have uh um uh, live in poverty well, we know that over forty percent of our children live in poverty, and that is—if you want to blame that on one party—be um, my guest. But it's just not true that it can be blamed on any one party. It's our inability to deal with the poverty and deal with having uh, affordable housing for people, and and making sure that there's not uh, any—you know—trying to get a more a society that treats everybody the. Uh, gives everybody an, an opportunity to, to succeed, a real opportunity. And so then we have, uh, you know, so all I can say is per capita, if you look around, uh, there's are very glaring examples of, of very um, Republican states and cities that have a very high crime rate. It's got nothing to do with who the mayor is. It has a lot to do with the fact that, um, especially when you're talking about violent crime and we've had how many now 36 or 39 and, and was still uh how many how many days to go in january mass shootings in the united states yeah as the number of mass done,
0: shootings is stunning including uh, a lot of shootings at schools in the united
8: states right and so if if you if you want to really um, we have more guns than any other country in the world and these People that say, oh, blame crime on Democrats. Well, Democrats are the ones that are just trying to stop the proliferation of guns. And and I would say the other side has no appetite for that because they're worried about the money, their money being cut off by the NRA for their political campaign contributions. And the fact that, you know, somebody might take their guns away. Nobody's taken Legal gun owners, guns away. But by the, the way, do you remember
0: five years ago when Claudia Tenney, she is a member of Congress and she's a Republican, she said on the radio that so many mass murderers end up being Democrats. Remember when she said that on the radio?
8: Yeah. Which was pretty, uh, pretty delusional. But um, well, it got wondering.
0: lots of national but attention. Example. It was shocking that yeah. that that she would say during a live radio interview, that so many mass killers end up being Democrats.
8: Right. So, uh, you know, I think Ron actually comes from a big city, doesn't he? So let's— let's. Well, let's, I think
0: he—I I believe he grew up in Bayonne, New Jersey, so I, I'm not yeah. sure. I should but check I mean, to see if Bayonne is—the uh, mayor of Bayonne is uh, Republican or a Democrat.
8: Well, let's look at our city uh, a little—real quickly. I believe that a lot of the new crime in our city is due to young people having uh, no, uh, you know, no hope. No, And and part of the hope is uh, that you could generate is by um, having a lot more services for youth, uh, including a youth bureau, which was canceled by the former mayor. Not Whatever mayor.
0: happened to that youth center that uh, was promised downtown? I thought they were going to have a big youth center.
8: Yeah, well, that's my point exactly We've i heard i heard a big it.
0: announcement that there would be a youth center downtown but that was years ago where is it
8: well i agree with you and um, let's talk about that because if you don't if you if you do any studying about how young people grow up in poverty what they face and what they look at and how they don't see any way out of uh what they're doing and a lot of those people unfortunately gravitate towards uh Sometimes not a lot of them, but enough to make our crime rate high. Um, Not all of them, but a lot, a certain number gravitate towards a a way to support themselves. Which, because we all know that uh, it's very hard with prices going up to live uh, on a on a uh, minimum wage job, which many of our jobs, unfortunately, uh, in this country are, uh, especially around here. A lot if you don't have. The ability to and don't get a good education because the cost of education is going up. All sorts of things that gravitate towards poverty being the thing that pushes people towards crime, and then then we all say oh, we try to blame it on uh, um, you know whoever we can instead of saying let's take a look at the root causes and do something about it.
0: Appreciate your call. That's uh, former Binghamton Mayor Matthew Ryan. Live on News Radio, WNBF. Still looking for your thoughts. I'm here till noon, so don't despair. You have plenty of time to call, but I wouldn't wait till the last minute. 607 772 1290. You can listen to WNBF on the radio 921 FM, 1290 AM. You can hear it on the phone using the free WNBF app. You can even listen to it on your computer at work. If your boss is humane at WNBF.com. Welcome. 51 with Bob Joseph. Changes. The only thing that you can depend on changes. is ch 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 ch, so I ch- changes.
4: May change
0: me, but I can't trace yes, Cha ch 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 changes. 607 1290 with the uh, local radio station here. Oh, I know what, I think you're going to like, wait, what day is it on? Oh, yeah, Thursday's program. I won't spoil it for you, but we have a special guest on Thursday. So if you enjoy special guest as much as I do, tune in to the program on Thursday for a special guest. So you can find out what really is going on around here. Because that is the goal. The goal is to bring as many special guests as possible, give you uh, a better, better idea of what's going on in the community. Ten fifty-three, live on a Tuesday morning. Hi, ah, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: Dale from Bampton.
0: Good morning, Dale.
8: uh that boys' and girls' club. I used to go down there and play basketball upstairs, <laughs> and uh, I think it's a a good, helpful place because the children can, the kids, teenagers can get in a place that's nice to be at.
0: Yeah, it is nice. I want to know what ever happened to the youth center in downtown Binghamton. They said there would be a youth youth center.
8: center Uh, A youth center,
0: yeah. Do you remember that?
8: Especially when you have people coming out of New York City to get get out of town because they can't afford to live there. And, uh, you know, um, as far as the electricity is concerned, we plug all these cars in, and we're not ready for it. Um, We're just not ready for it. You know, and uh, what's that going to take away with the? <clears throat> what I like to know is the bill compared to natural gas, compared to electricity. What are the? What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line?
0: Oh yeah, well, obviously. On the other hand, if you can afford an electric car, you can probably afford to run it. Because the electric cars, well, the electric cars cost, cost more than... dollars
8: To replace the batteries, what's the sense of buying a new car? You just throw it away, you know?
0: Well, when the battery goes dead, you stop by the battery factory over in Endicott and ask them to put in a new yeah. battery.
8: And maybe... Um, in the,
0: maybe I if, feel
8: sorry for those people in Endicott with all them chemicals and this and that and everything. You know.
0: Well, I don't think there are going to be some chemicals coming out of the battery factory i don't believe there will be well i mean there probably there probably will be some emissions but but not like the same level of chemicals that were brought into endicott and the town of union by america's environmental leader ibm i don't think it's going to be i don't think it'll be on that level i hope not you know, what I thought was interesting, at the same time that IBM was releasing chemicals, either wittingly or unwittingly, into the environment, they were winning big environmental awards. you remember that back, back yeah, in the day? They were getting yeah, all sorts of great recognition, like they were some sort of environmental leader, when in fact, yeah. come to find out, they were releasing chemicals into the environment, well, the into the ground, into the groundwater, nice. the soil. The, the water that people drink, including dogs. That's right.
8: And In those, all those homes and stuff, you know. And I just,
0: you they release. For everyone. They release tons and tons of emissions into the air, and yet they were hailed as some sort of environmental leader.
8: Yeah. On TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah, on TV. Yep. See, I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, we have to protect our environment. I'm. I'm pro-jobs. I want more jobs for Endicott, Johnson City, Vestal, Binghamton, and all the surrounding communities. I am pro-jobs. I support.
8: And that's what's useful. Yes. You have to have the energy. Well, the other other thing
0: that's useful, yes, you need a lot of energy to power these uh, manufacturing facilities and other businesses. The other thing that's useful is keeping the air... And the ground and the water, clean and pure. That's useful. Well,
8: isn't natural gas um, better than electric?
0: It's complicated. That's that's a complicated question because, yeah, well, natural gas um, is also responsible for certain emissions that they say contribute to global warming. Appreciate your call. It's 1057 on WNBF. You're live on WNBF
1: Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 24th. You're listening to WNBF. Endicott police have arrested two men in connection with a shooting incident near Washington Avenue. Investigators said they are trying to identify three other people who were involved in the incident, which occurred shortly after 3 p.m. on January 14th. Authorities said 18-year-old Jaheem Howard of Endicott and 20-year-old Sincere Chandler of Syracuse Have been charged with felony reckless endangerment. A person in the area of 21 Washington Avenue reported hearing about 10 gunshots that apparently were fired in a municipal parking lot between the building and Garfield Avenue. Those involved in the incident ran from the area before police officers reached the scene. No injuries were reported. Police did not say whether any of the shots struck vehicles or buildings. Investigators said Howard and Chandler were taken into custody a few hours later at 21 Washington Avenue. Police executed a search warrant in an apartment in the building. According to the department news release, officers found two handguns and other items related to the investigation. Howard and Chandler were arraigned and released on their own recognizance. Detectives are trying to determine who else was involved in the shooting incident. People with information or video related to it may contact Endicott Police at 607-785-3341. Three Democratic members of Binghamton City Council want an independent investigation into the actions of a police officer during a New Year's Day arrest. Angela Riley, Aviva Friedman, and Joe Burns gathered Monday afternoon at Hawley and State Streets near the site where Hamel Waddle was injured while being taken into police custody. Cell phone video appears to show police officer Brad Kaczynski nailing on Waddle's neck. Waddle was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Kaczynski was placed on desk duty while the police department investigates the incident. The three council members are calling on the city to hire an independent third party to investigate the police use of force incident that occurred around 3.20 a.m. on January 1st. According to the request for legislation, the action will allow for the most objective and transparent investigation of the matter. Speaking with reporters across the street from Binghamton Police Headquarters, Friedman said the goal is to assure city residents that there is no conflict of interest in the review. Reading from a prepared statement... Friedman said the Democratic members of city council are calling for Kaczynski to be suspended until an independent investigation has been completed. Mayor Jared Cram has said Kaczynski will remain on desk duty until the police department's review has been concluded. The Democrats' request for an independent investigation would need the support of one Republican council member to be approved. The New York State Attorney General's office has requested Binghamton's records of the incident and information related to a complaint filed by Waddle. Mayor Jared Cram on Monday announced a funding partnership with the Multicraft Apprenticeship Preparation Program to open a construction trades training facility at 89 Robinson Street on Binghamton's east side. Mayor Cram stated this is a historic investment in workforce development. That will help fill in demand construction jobs in Binghamton and across our community. MAP will be providing ladders of opportunity to good-paying careers in the construction industry, with the potential to create generational change for the residents who participate. As we rebuild and revitalize Binghamton, we have to invest in the construction workforce to support it. The City of Binghamton is providing $275,000 to fund MAP's purchase of an industrial building at 89 Robinson Street. The building had been home to Southern Tier Printer Supply, Inc., which bought and sold printing Equipment and parts. The business owner is retiring after more than 45 years. The first ever group of participants in the Binghamton MAP program will complete a build out of the new location. Founded in Rochester in 2017, MAP is a nonprofit providing pathways to state registered apprenticeships in the building and construction trades. Participants receive foundational construction training and real world job site experience and are matched with apprenticeship programs best fitting their skill set. That focuses on recruitment and training of individuals historically underrepresented in construction trades. A Broome County jury found Jason Gerhard, 36, of Montrose, Pennsylvania, guilty of felony criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree. On the 22nd of February, 2022, the New York State Police responded to a residence on Patch Road in the town of Shenango, where Gerhard had entered the residence of an acquaintance without permission. Gerhard was found in illegal possession of a 22 caliber revolver. The jury deliberated approximately 5 hours before finding Gerard guilty. Gerard who was on probation for illegally possessing a loaded 38 caliber revolver in 2020. Faces up to three and a half to seven years in New York State Prison, with the potential for additional time for a violation of probation. Gerhard is scheduled for sentencing on April 20th. Michael Korchak, Broome County District Attorney, said cases such as this can often end in tragedy. Thankfully, the New York State Police and the Broome County Sheriff's Office acted quickly in taking the defendant into custody and no one was hurt. The Broome County District Attorney's Office will continue to vigorously prosecute those who illegally possess firearms. Some audience members leaving a concert by Drake at a Manhattan theater came outside to see a New York Police Department officer filming those filing out. It's raising concerns from privacy advocates over what would be done with the footage. The NYPD said Monday the video of the concert attendees would only be used for a social media post, but there were still calls for the material to be deleted. Music writer John Karamancia of the New York Times posted on Twitter on Saturday a video showing an officer seemingly recording those coming out of the Apollo Theater. And lessons learned from the debt ceiling standoff more than a decade ago are rippling through Washington. Back in 2011, newly elected House Republicans were eager to confront the Democratic president and force spending cuts. When Republicans refused to raise the debt ceiling, the government risked a catastrophic default and suffered a devastating credit downgrade. Now the White House and Congress are bracing for another debt ceiling shutdown, one that appears headed toward a very similar outcome. The Treasury Department has notified Congress that it's time to again raise the nation's debt ceiling, now standing at $31 trillion, to allow more borrowing to pay off the country's accumulated bills. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, cloudy with a high near 36. Tonight, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 p.m., mostly cloudy with a low near 23 degrees, 20% chance of snow. Tomorrow, snow showers before 4 p.m., then snow showers possibly mixed with rain. A high near 34 degrees, 100% chance of snow. Tomorrow night, rain and snow showers becoming all rain after 10 p.m. A low near 33 degrees, wind gusts as high as 29 miles per hour, chance of rain 90%. And Thursday, rain and snow showers likely before 1 p.m., then a chance of snow showers. Cloudy with a high near 37 degrees, wind gusts as high as 28 miles per hour, 60% chance of rain. Thursday night, slight chance of snow showers before 1 a.m. Cloudy with a low near 19 degrees, 20% chance of snow. You're listening to WNBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF, WNBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
4: W-N-B-F.
0: Morning, it's Bob Joseph. Another hour of the program here at News Radio WNBF. That's what we do. Give them what they want. 607-772-1290. After all, that is the role. You know, the media in 2023, give them what they want. You can call if you want and share some thoughts. If you have uh, concerns about your gas stove, if you think Kathy Hochul will be coming by your house at some point to rip out that stove, call, or if you don't really care. Some people might not care. Maybe maybe if Kathy Hochul or one of her designated operatives with the stove police, maybe maybe if they rip out your gas stove, they'll put in a brand new electric stove and you won't have to deal with the emissions from your natural Gas device. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
5: Selena from Binghamton.
0: Hey, Selena. What's up?
5: Um, our 160 year old electrical infrastructure is not going to handle all this power demand with the gas stoves being replaced for electric and the EVs. This country will collapse with a heartbeat.
0: I think it's going to happen before that. I think I think the collapse of this country uh, probably will happen before we get too many electrical appliances. I don't think we have. I don't think the power grid is the worst thing that's going to yeah, happen. It's, it's, we'll it's, probably it's, have another insurrection or, yeah, or something, something like will that. happen. The, yeah,
5: the power grid's been sitting in the United States of America for over 160 years. It's not going to be capable of handling that kind of a demand.
0: Do you realize how vulnerable our power grid is? Did you see what happened a, uh, a few weeks ago down south? Somebody started shooting up the power yeah. grid and, and yeah. Yeah, people they in that community... Rambo movies right. And shot they, transformers. right. And they were out of power for, I believe, several days. So, how come? how come they don't Toughen up the power grid. How come it's so easy for anybody with um, a weapon, a legal weapon, by the way, a legal legal, weapon that you're entitled to own because you're a great American, that you could go around and cause power problems for great people like you and me?
5: Yeah, exactly. You're exactly correct. Oh, by the way, great bumper music.
0: (laughs) Oh, isn't it the best?
5: Yeah, you're the best guy in the world. Thank you so much for taking my call.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I hope you have a great day. Eleven fourteen 14 WNBF. People are being allowed one at a time to politely express their thoughts on this program. If you feel that today you're unable to politely express thoughts, uh, try again tomorrow. Well, we must maintain a certain level of decorum. Here at the radio program because it is, after all, a family show. I'm Bob Joseph. This is WNBF ninety-two one FM twelve ninety AM, streaming at WNBF.com. At nothing. Joseph 1118, yeah, 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 radio. Beverly from the town of Dickinson, good morning.
4: Good morning. I got, got a question for
0: you. Yeah, hold on. Just uh, clear your throat or grab uh, grab a, a cup of water or something just so you can <clears throat> get the frog out of your throat there. <clears> throat> okay. Right. All right.
4: Um, uh, how can Huckle do all it? You know, gas has been around for years, and and people, a lot of people are still using coal, and I have a fireplace that, I, that if I wanted to use, you know, because I got wood for it, is she going to come down and tell me I can't use it?
0: No, she won't. That's just uh, something that people are spreading to get you scared. Now, there is a possibility going forward that, the governor along with state legislature could adopt an energy policy that would restrict installation of natural gas appliances in new buildings that could happen but uh i think the reality is beverly your gas stove is safe i don't think even well, even in, in even in her wildest dreams i don't believe that kathy Hokel wants to rip out your gas stove
4: yeah, well, I don't have gas in my house. Uh, we, my my mother and father wanted gas, but I had, had a handicapped sister, and that was afraid she'd blow the house off.
0: Right. Well, you know, everybody has a preference, and, you know, if you want to uh, cook with gas, I say, cook, baby, cook. If you want to cook with um, electricity, I say, cook, baby, cook. If you want to build a charcoal thing on your grill cook baby cook I'm you know I I let people you know my policy is live and let live yeah I know so when's,
4: when's Jerry Smith on again
0: he will be on the program let me give you the specific date I will look it up he will be on February 10th at 1010
4: Oh, okay, so that.
0: think about it that uh, on Friday he's uh, almost always on Fridays, so think about it, it'll be easy to remember. historian Jerry Smith will be on the program on two ten at ten ten right, so there you go, and i love I love the work he does, yeah, me too, yeah you, you
4: know on um on channel forty. On Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays the that that uh teller that they had a story, you know. Uh he used to have different different you know, like what what happened on that day, say in nineteen twenty nine or something like that, but he's not on anymore. He used to be on at ten o'clock at night. The new historian was. He ain't been on lately.
0: Are you kidding me? Roger Luther's not on Fox 40
4: now? I don't know. We haven't seen him in two weeks.
0: Oh. Well, I don't know. I I was unaware. I was unaware of that.
4: I was wondering if he's coming up with, you know, with, with, with other things, you know, different. Because he say like like one time on in nineteen twenty nine this this man got arrested arrested for stealing chickens and he was fined ten dollars and then a week later he he went and done it again and then the second time they put him in jail.
0: <laughs> well it's funny that Roger Luther is promoting chicken chicken related stories. Remember what happened at his place? No. The naked guy no. showed up at his place and wound up in the chicken coop? That happened over at Roger Luther's place, of all, all things. Oh, my God. That, can you imagine? You've got a chicken coop raising chickens, and some naked guy shows up, and then the, the state police. Because they were oh looking for this God. guy. They were looking for a naked guy. And by the way, it wasn't just any police, it was the New York State police, so they put their best and brightest on this. They sent out, a, I think, a chopper. I think it's a chopper probably uh, flew out of Syracuse to hunt for the naked guy, and they found him. They found the naked guy over at, at Roger Luther's Chicken Coop.
4: Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I'm not kidding. No. <laughs> Then they had another one there back back in what 1800s? for no eighteen ninety five I think it was, up up where where a woman was arrested for stealing a hat, and she was fined one dollar, and she wore it, nobody even knew it until the until the store the person that had a store. Why well, he reckon- he recognized her in
0: a hat, and she was fined $1. See? You got to teach people a bitter lesson sometimes. It's for their own good. I'm reading the story that Anthony Borelli wrote for the Press and Sun Bulletin about Roger Luther's chicken coop caper. This is uh, from June 2019, and this is what he told. Roger Luther told the Press and Sun Bulletin... Crime reporter Anthony Borelli said, The guy's in my chicken coop, he's totally naked and covered with mud. And he's chasing my chickens. He said, When I saw him in the chicken coop, I was just shaken. And what that reminded me of is delicious shake and bake. Yeah. Can you imagine? You got and and the worst thing of it? I mean it's bad enough that it was a guy who crashed he crashed a car. This is what the police said, so I don't blame me. He crashed an Audi, on interstate 81 and he ran away he was trying to give the police the slip and he's a naked guy running away and winding up in a chicken coop and the worst thing was he was a florida guy oh goodness can you can you beat that that story should have gone national a florida guy crashes his car on the interstate runs away naked and is in the county historian's chicken coop in the mud playing with the the birds, yeah,
4: yeah, This was a naked guy in in New york city i
0: uh, <coughs> to be well in new york city that's that's not unusual, but where Roger Luther lives to have a naked guy in his chicken coop that was unheard of, yeah. Because the, the thing is, where Roger Luther lives, there's a dress code. In New York City, I don't believe there's a dress code. You can basically, I think in New York City, they call it freedom of expression.
4: Oh, Lord.
0: Well, you know, you got to be able to express yourself, don't you?
4: Yeah, but not that way.
0: Well, hey, it's New York City, man. 1126 WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: Hi, Bob. This is Vic, uh, presently in Herkimer.
0: Yeah, what's going on in Oneida County?
8: Well, I I was uh, actually in Herkimer County. Oh, Herkimer County. Ca- there is a county called Herkimer. Yes,
0: there is. No kidding. I'll tell you. Sure, if I well, if I live to be a hundred, I still I still won't know everything about New York State. I I'll have to look that up. I'd, I mean, I don't doubt you. I just uh, wow. Wow, right. I, you know uh, New York State. Here's here's one thing I know: New York State has 62 counties.
8: Right, well, I I could be wrong, Bob, but I swear when I drive into Herkimer, the first thing I pass when I when I leave Shenango County is a sign that says Herkimer County.
0: Yeah, you're right. I looked it up. It says you're oh. right. It says here on the internet, Vic is right. The uh, county seat of Herkimer County is the village of Herkimer. So. And by the uh, way, here's, here's my question to you, Mr. Big Shot. How did uh, Herkimer get its name?
8: Uh, let's see. There was a, a man and a woman who couldn't identify their sexuality, so they decided to call it Herkimer.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> one might think that, but uh, it was named after Nick Her- Herkimer. He was a general of the Tryon County Militia. Who uh, died from wounds he sustained at the Battle of Oriskany in the American Revolutionary War. So it's named in honor of Nicholas Herkimer and his family. They were German immigrants who settled in the area in 1723. So I think we've all learned a thing or two.
8: Well, I certainly did, Bob. Um, I've, I've been listening over the last several days about your calls on electric uh, conversion over to. Um, or, excuse me, 100% electric conversion in New York State by the uh, year 2030 by uh, a few people in office who uh, won't be affected by that cost very much because just in the last uh, three years, they gave themselves a total of $60,200 in raises, which is double the median income of Broome County. Uh, But Here's a here's problem with the uh, conversion. And this is uh, after simply asking Google what the BTU difference is uh, for, between electric and gas. Their answer was natural gas heat costs $9.2 per million BTU compared to electric heat at thirty four point nine dollars per BTU. So that, Bob. Uh, is a 420 percent increase in the cost of heating your home by 2030, and I don't think Americans, uh, or in New York or anywhere, uh, most of them, middle class and on down, can afford that kind of money. Uh, and on top of the last call, or not the last call, but a previous caller, who said the average conversion would be twenty-seven thousand dollars from gas to electric. And then we
0: have the. Uh, well, by the way, by the way, another listener has uh, helpfully pointed out that estimate, in fact, may be on the high side.
8: Oh, the twenty
0: seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, because yeah. Uh, hold on, a listener called my attention to a story in the Consumer Report. Hold on a second. Eh. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's twenty seven thousand dollars. I know that's that's what uh, our guest said last hour. That that was the assertion made by Jim Dayton, and I I let it stand because I wasn't able to fact check it in real time. But uh, it's very possible that it doesn't. It won't cost twenty seven thousand dollars to do that conversion. But I let's see. Oh, let's see. So the bottom line from this consumer reports article let's see it's dated last july so it's fairly recent so apparently final cost of switching over from a gas stove to an induction range they concede the final cost is a bit murky because they they also combine that job with putting in an ev charger it says one contractor charges $2,200 total, and apparently he didn't break his quote into line items. And this person who wrote the story for Consumer Reports said, I'd estimate without the EV project attached, the range circuit would have cost about 1000 bucks." So... So that that might have been i don't know i' I'm, I'm just saying I'm not saying that it's not going to cost you because it will cost you, but will it cost you twenty seven thousand dollars i I don't know I'll just you know i i'm not and by the way, I have an electric stove, so I'm not going to be affected, so I'm not going to personally do any research but i I would say bottom line with the changes that are going to be required in the coming years. Because of New York State energy policy, the only thing I can guarantee you, um, Vic and Herkimer, is that you'll be paying more. How much more? I can't tell you exactly. And does Kathy Hochul care? I can tell you exactly no. So she doesn't care whether it's going to cost you $1 a month more or $100 a month more because of the changing uh, New York State energy policy. That's not a concern of hers.
8: Well, Bob, there's a lot of cost that people don't even figure into this, and I'm no expert on, on the cost itself, uh, as you all know, but if they decide to do this all electric, uh, we're going to lose a lot of New Yorkers to other states. Uh, that's a given, uh, but the other cost is, are they going to remove the plumbing that brings the gas into your home? Are they disconnecting it because they don't want the gas sitting underground, leaking and and, and polluting the atmosphere like they say it does. Uh, that cost, who's going to incur the cost from the, from the street to the home? Uh, that can be anywhere between seven and eight thousand dollars. And if you want to see the cost of a new gas stove, cause I just bought one, go to Olam's and uh, mine's propane, by the way, and so is my refrigerator. Uh, go to Olam's. And you'll see the price of gas stoves nowadays, the cheap ones, are $1,500. Uh, uh, the more expensive ones run between $4,500 and 6500 and, and on top of all that knowledge there that I have just from my personal experience, about a week ago, Kathy Hoko put on a, a video online about her making an apple pie. And guess what was in the background? Her gas-powered stove. Which so, is fine. Almost-
0: it's fine. Oh, she hasn't, she hasn't issued the rule yet. It, when, when and if there's a rule that says everybody who has a gas stove in New York State must stop using it, then she'll stop. But there's no rule in place. So she's entitled to keep cooking. Why on earth should she waste her money and go out and buy an electric stove and then pay for whatever a new circuit? That's wasteful. And then her existing, stuff, sto- her existing gas ca- stove, her existing gas stove would wind up in the Erie County landfill, probably. So that that would be that would be irresponsible.
8: Now electric water heaters have shot up to two thousand dollars. So right there's uh, you know forty five hundred dollars in cost right off the top. Not to mention the what might happen with the street. The average cost for that's six to seven thousand dollars.
0: Now I will so- say on the bright side. And, you know, there is a bright side here. You don't have to worry about your house blowing up. Because remember that uh, those people in the town of Maine on Airport Road back in August 1993, it was a beautiful Saturday morning at about 7.45, and then their house blew up because of natural Uh, gas. So, you know, you're you're not going to have houses blowing up if we go to all-electric,
8: well, the amount of houses that blew up, how many percent of them are That's because of more It was a leaking himself.
0: 12-inch natural gas pipeline. Fortunately for the people in the town of Maine, they had left their house. They were out of town with their three-year-old girl when their house got blasted to smithereens. So,
8: Bob, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. How many of those explosions, not just the one in Maine, the town of Maine, which is tragic, I agree, but... But how many of those explosions, if you were to break them down on a, on a Pareto diagram, were caused by homeowners moving electric stoves or something so they can clean the iron? Of course it happens. Uh, yeah.
0: Of course. But right. my point is, there are, you know, look at, call up NYSEG nice and ask them how many natural gas explosions, not just NYSEG, nice Rochester Gas and Electric. Call up every utility in New York State. Heck, call up every natural gas utility in the united states and ask them how many houses have been blown up over the last 20 years and and you'd be surprised a lot of houses and it's yes in some cases it's because of of the consumer because a resident did something wrong and caused a, a a pipe to rupture. Some cases the homeowner did nothing wrong in their house and maybe some neighbors houses got blown to smithereens. With electricity, natural pure, delicious electricity, your house will never explode into smithereens.
8: Accidents are a part of history, Bob. Uh take the automobile and that's all I need to say about the automobile.
0: All right. All right. I don't know how we got from people's houses blowing up with natural gas to the automobile. But, well, another point, though, now with uh, electric cars, if you plug your electric car into your house, if if the battery catches on fire, then it's true, your house probably isn't going to survive and it might take a few days for the fire to be extinguished. But there are pros and cons to every energy source. It's 1137. This is Bob Joseph on your side on News Radio WNBF.
4: Welcome to the.
0: 40, WNBF taking the calls at 607-772-1290. And also looking at the strange stories. Even though the weekly world news is no longer with us, there still are strange stories in this great country of ours, including the story of a Kansas man who was shot dead by his dog. The guy was sitting in the front seat of a pickup truck the other day near Gouda Springs, Kansas, and he was shot fatally, apparently, by his dog, according to K-A-K-E. Officers from the Sumner County Sheriff's Office got there, and they found the man was shot in the back. This particular account is provided by Newsweek.com. The investigators suggest the dog had stepped on a rifle that was on the back seat, and that caused the rifle to discharge. And the man was shot in the back. He was treated with the CPR, but he died at the scene, according to K-A-K-E. So there's a story. The shocking and the unbelievable, almost as unbelievable as a 6-year-old boy shooting his teacher in a classroom. It's 1142 at News Radio, WNBF. Of course, as we look at the um, the shootings just around the country, and, and here we're not even through the first month of the year. We're just barely three weeks in, and we've lost track of how many mass shootings, how many people have been killed, I think, on CBS this morning. They reported since Saturday, I think they said 151 people, at least 151 people had been shot to death in this country since Saturday. So when is today? Tuesday. So at that rate, by the end of the week, there will be hundreds, hundreds and hundreds who will have been killed by guns in the United States. Um, One of the new high-profile cases was near San Francisco, Half Moon Bay. Seven people were killed. One was critically injured. The shootings in this particular case were done at two locations, according to the San Mateo County Sheriff. She said the shooting uh, started at a mushroom farm. Apparently, the guy started killing people at the mushroom farm, and then he drove to another place, another agricultural establishment, and then he killed more people there. So they say the suspect is 67 years old. And the weird thing, and again, proving once again that weird things happen, the weird thing is, the suspect after he killed people at two places near San Francisco on Monday afternoon. Then he drove over to the sheriff's office, which is weird because the sheriff's office had called reporters over there to give a briefing about the shootings. And so the reporters were already there when the guy shows up to turn himself in over at the sheriff's office. So think about that. You know, that's one thing that I never consider. If I go to a sheriff's office or the state police station or Binghamton Police Headquarters for a news briefing, I never think that, oh, well, we're going to get briefed on, on whatever happened. Oh, and, and keep an eye out because the suspect is probably going to drive himself over and turn himself in. And that's exactly what they say the 67-year-old man from Half Moon Bay did. He drove over to the sheriff's office after the shootings, and apparently they took him out of his car and said, okay, Time to face justice. So, And I'm sure there will be more discussion about all this coming up with Dan Bongino, former Secret Service employee. That's coming up in about 20 minutes right here on News Radio, WNBF WNBF.com. Meanwhile, we can talk about local issues if you want, if you have uh, thoughts about... Um, The way government runs around here, the secrecy, the intriguing and curious level of secrecy employed by local government officials. And what is it exactly that they don't want you to know about? That would be, well, that would take a long, long program. Unfortunately, we don't have much time today. But if you have thoughts about uh, the secrecy of government officials who are paid by you, the taxpayer you can call us at 607-772-1290 or feel free to drop me a note bob at wnbf.com Your- at
4: 1149.
0: <laughs> Martin in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
8: Yeah, in uh, response to the Bayonne bleeder there, Ron, um, that's a little check at uh, Chuck Wepner. I don't know if you knew that fought uh, Cassius Clay. Oh no, no.
0: I, thank you for explaining. I I didn't didn't understand the the reference. Thank you.
8: Oh, okay. Well, he was a a bar a bouncer in a bar and a, just a big brawler and everything else. But he was a tough guy. But Jesus, he got. Uh, humiliated, just pounded, but he, but he kept on fighting until boy, God, he would bleed so much. So that was his nickname they gave him, the Bayholm Bleeder. Oh, really? Uh, um, yeah. Was it yeah,
0: real blood, it. or did he just use the ketchup?
8: Oh no, it was. They were slipping and sliding on it. I mean, you know, it was. Uh, he was pretty bad. You know, it,
0: ew.
7: And,
8: oh,
0: now I, I just punched it up on the on the screen. Oh my goodness, ew. Ick. Ew. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. That's yeah. not ketchup.
8: Yeah, that's when Holly was in his payday. Mm. But, um, you know, I don't know. He got a good paycheck out of that. Oh,
0: yeah, but that but, money doesn't compensate for the loss of blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he should be... Well, uh, they they could have used him to, to advertise for the plasma
8: center. Yeah, well, there wasn't much upstairs. As matter of fact, um, Ron always talking oh. about... So I might have mentioned him but you know he the guy's always talking about brain injury I wonder where where Chuck is now I mean you know if uh I don't know the that he took to his head I mean you know but I don't know Oh, my goodness
0: yeah now I, not, but, I, I, oh and I see they even did a film about his career and uh, also a documentary ESPN did a documentary about him uh, right. called the real yeah. Rocky Oh my Death goodness. Blood. Oh Death my blood. goodness. I
8: remembered I remember that.
0: But remember. he said uh after his retirement from boxing he started to use drugs. So my well, my guess is after being subjected to all that abuse during his career, he probably started self medicating. You know, I mean yeah, I can't even imagine. See that's what I I'm not a big fan of violence, whether whether it's violence that we stage and charge people for on pay-per-view or violence that is not staged but just happens in the normal course of operations in life I'm just not not into the violence I don't know I don't I'm trying to understand what there is about society that I mean even even the NFL they're going to have a so-called game in a few weeks that a lot of people will watch in invariably, there will be violence as part of their so-called game.
8: Yeah, well, it's you know it's primal, see, You know, I mean, it goes back to, like Carlin does that bit, you know, and talking baseball and uh, football going back. And, and in football, you even have uh, the teams call uh, the field called Soldier Field, and you march down the field, and you know, et cetera. And the blitz. But, you know, Don't forget the blitz. The blitz, and then you go into sudden death. Overtime, and you know that was a great, it was a great, yeah, bet. great bit. No, but
0: oh, but, so anyway, what were that's not why you called. Yeah. What what point did you want yeah. to make?
8: Well, well, uh, um, you were uh, set, setting me up perfectly for that. Um, thinking guys watching the um, uh, television last night uh, and talking about the uh, case against the policeman and stuff, and Jared Cram way in the back. I mean, you know, I don't know if you're going to beep this or not. You know, but we're a little weasel.
0: I mean. Oh, don't call him that. Well, oh, that's unnecessary.
8: I mean, you can coming on your show. When's he coming on your show, Bob?
0: Never. The twelfth of never.
8: Okay. Well, you
0: know. I mean, you know. Hey, we can't we can't constantly relitigate that. I mean, if he wanted to be on the show, he's had thirteen months to be on the show. He doesn't want to be on the show, and you know, it's. I certainly. I think you understand my disappointment, but what can you do? You know, there are other people who don't want to be on the show because they don't want to answer a few questions. Hey, I get it. If you don't want to answer a few questions, and if you want to, if your media strategy is to provide the public with information through news releases, tweets, and carefully orchestrated photo ops, hey, that's, that's the way. He's not the only one who does business that way.
8: Yeah, well, you know, that scene there to me, every picture tells a story, don't it? And that, that's the word that popped into my head. Okay, in light of everything that's going on and not being on the show and just, you know, keeping uh information down and also the hasn't been on for years and you know as where everybody else comes on you know your your show and so you know well you that's true
0: saying, most other real. most other elected officials and most area police chiefs gladly come on
8: yes they certainly have for uh, for years but um y- you know um about the uh He's talking about the mayors. But what about the, the presidents that we had? What about in the flaming drug war that we had? Um, and what was their answer? Um, it was the president's wife that had to do the thinking because he was pretty feeble-minded. He was using an astrologist. But it was, you know, just say no, why we had... Uh, this crack war flaming. And that's what, then it came up here to get back to Binghamton. Here, then we had the Archie Joyner gang and we had all that going on. Golden Road 1, Golden Road 2. And what we have here now in this city, and I see it, and I used to look at the Boys Club and I just live a couple blocks in this Boys Club now. My granddaughters go over there, everything else. And, But we, what we have here is that what happened is all these, these guys that came up, these young, uh, Guys from the city, um, they all got busted and they went into um, jail, and then they had their children, and they're they're growing up without fathers.
0: I mean, yeah, no, it's a it's a complicated problem, Martin. I appreciate your call. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're out of time for the program today. To be continued tomorrow, right here on WNBF.
2: Angie's News Radio.
0: I'm Bob Joseph. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow morning from 9 to noon. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.